Hello, and welcome to the Amber Stitt Show. I am your host, Amber Stitt, and I am obsessed with helping people get their financial and personal lives in order. Every week, my guests and I explore the fundamentals and practices that will help you stay on top of your game in business, but also at home. I believe we all have different pathways we have to take to reach our peak performance so that we can live up to our peak potential. And this podcast is dedicated to helping you get there. I'm excited to share the insights and habits that my guests and I have cultivated throughout our lives so that we can help you on your journey towards a happy, successful, and fulfilling life. Let's jump right into today's show. Hello, and welcome to the Amber Stitt Show. I am your host, Amber Stitt, and today I am lucky enough to have my friend and colleague, Ann Baker-Ron, with me today. How are you doing, Ann? How are you? I'm doing great. So today I thought we would dive into some disability insurance discussions because I know that you and I tend to, we can go off the rails a bit and talk for hours about insurance planning. But um, before we dive into disability insurance as our hot topic today, I thought that we would start with talking a little bit about your practice because I know that you call yourself an insurance advisor, but I think you do a lot more than that. So I thought we'd give you a chance to talk about your practice and how you work even with your partners within your firm too, to really bring a lot of client solutions to, to the individuals and families that you help. So I'll let you take it from sure, there. I'm happy to share that with you. So I'm actually third generation in this business. Um, my grandfather was a life insurance agent and so was my dad, but my dad started a financial planning firm in 1969. So we do fee-based planning, which means we look holistically at people's entire financial situation. Um, I have a partner who really specializes in the financial planning and investment area. And my passion is what I call people insurance. So people kind of look quizzically when I say people insurance. What does that mean? But it's opposed to (laughs) property and casualty, which insures our things, you know, insures our homes, our boats or cars. People insurance is life insurance, disability insurance, and long-term care insurance. And that's really been my passion, I would say, for the past 15 or 20 years. Yeah. And I know that when we talk about disability insurance, we talk about some of our clients, like our success stories. I know that you've had some unfortunate stories too, and eventually we'll we'll talk about that in another episode. Um, But I think that we... We know that it's not a fun topic. People tend to hide from it because it, it brings out some of those negative thoughts. And knowing that they say one in four people could need to go on claim and file a claim, um, I think it's, it is, we know it's important to talk about that with our, our, our clients. And I know that you, though, bring more of a fun element. I don't know if disability insurance could actually be fun, but I know that you try. So you shared a little bit with me about your strategy to kind of make it real for people. So I'll let you take it. I won't even intro the title of what you do because I'm not even sure how you deliver it to clients, but you've told me a little bit about the goose. So I will, I'll pretend that you're a client. Okay. So I'll just say, so I am, (laughs) you see my goose. She's really cute. She has a little egg. And so I say, Amber, you're a goose. And you know, which, man, this is funny because you asked me about my daughter. 
I tell, I call, well, she's not buying disability insurance, but my, my daughter, I call her the goosey girl because like a silly goose, there's all these nicknames. So I remember when you talked about the goose, I'm like, wait a minute, this is really weird because I'm, I'm, I suppose people say silly goose but all the time. Relatable. But it's relatable. It's, so it's something that yeah. people, I had another client who had geese on her front porch. So for some reason it has a familiarity to people. So when I say, yeah. Amber, you're a goose. And I'm a goose. Like, that's kind of the, the way you're <laughs> reacting is how people react. So instead of thinking, oh, how depressing, disability insurance, I'm going to be in a wheelchair. They see this right. cute goose and they get a smile on their face. And I think that they become like more open-minded. So then I say to them, you know, sure. we all insure our golden eggs. So we insure our homes. We insure our cars. We insure even our jewelry. And like, really, if something happened to your jewelry, it wouldn't impact your life. You might be sad. So think about mm -hmm. a friend of yours. One of my friends, her house burned down. Well, she found to live. Wow. Like she lived with her parents for like, you know, eight months when they fixed up their house. If you lose your car, you know, you can always borrow a car. You can get a rental car. Um, but if you lose your ability to go to work and earn an income, there is no other Amber. There is no other Anne. There's no one else that can step in and earn an income in our place. And the other thing is that's mm -hmm. different about that is that as a human, you're still you're still spending money. You're not earning income anymore, right. but your expenses may go up because you also have medical expenses. So I think that, mm -hmm. you know, the idea of the goose... Um, is just something that makes a really somber topic into something kind of cute. Like yeah. people just really like my goose. Like they think she's like, look at her little fluffy tail. I don't know if you can see, but she's just <laughs> cute and she's fun. And it makes a topic that is something people don't want to think about. It makes them understand. Yeah. Wow. You're right. I do insure my golden eggs. So I should insure myself as the breadwinner that provides all those golden eggs. Right. Well, in the Pathways of Peak Performance, the, kind of the curriculum or the framework, we have five steps focusing on risk management. Even the word risk management sounds very corporate, and it could be also just, what does that mean? And I don't need that. But part of us even speaking today is to help people see if we can do some steps in advance to be proactive and not reactive, things are going to happen. We saw things happen the last few years, and some of us are still getting sick and running families, businesses, and dealing with all the, all the things combined. What if you have all the steps in place prior to a major event? There will be a major event to what level. We don't know. It could be different for different people, but from um, even like the mindset, like the ability to have resilience with some of these things that we face, if we can iron it out in advance with potentially disability insurance or something like that, it'll help us recover or be able to survive and, you know, not have such a, a awful time going through the process. And then we're not even talking about money yet. I think a lot of people also forget that their benefits need to also fund retirement. So if you're on claim early, we have to pay our bills, but what about retirement funding? Right. Well? How do you save for your future when you can barely pay your bills? And it's interesting that you, you just mm -hmm. brought something up to me that reminded me about, about a friend of mine. So he actually was in a water skiing accident. Um, this is many, many years ago, but he was in a water skiing accident and he became a paraplegic. He now runs the Chicago oh Marathon every year. And the reason why was his disability policy had a rehabilitation feature. So he had someone come to his house 
um, three times a week to do rehab. Now, look, this didn't happen overnight. It took him seven years to get the use of 70% of his body. But the reason I tell the story is that his group contract, once he came back to the office, he was a financial advisor like you and me. Once he came back to the office, they said, oh, we're not paying you anymore. You're back at work. He wasn't earning an income. He was just picking up the phone and saying, hey, client, we're still here. We're here to take care of you. He was just kind of reaching out so that people didn't think he was gone permanently. So his his group contract, as he says, wrote him the Dear John letter. His name is actually John and said they're not paying. But his individual contract not only paid him an income while he couldn't work, but it also paid for rehab. And so, look, again, it took seven years to get him to be back to himself. But I think that that's something that's really amazing that someone could come from being a paraplegic to not only being the top of his business, but running the Chicago Marathon every year. Like it's almost the miracle of disability insurance. So let's step back. I heard a couple things. He had a group plan and a plan through a private plan too. Okay. So for the audience, there there are podcast links in the physician edition. We talk about modified modified own occupation. That's more of a specialty specific. There's also private insurance that, that does a few things differently depending on how you structure it. But you choose, you apply, you hopefully work with an independent broker that can help you see all the features that you have access to. But the group plans, that's where if you look at some of our previous episodes, we have modified own occupation, it's very similar where there's restrictions within. So even like um, some, of, some of my clients will come, come to me for the conversation about private disability insurance, but then we find out there is a group contract and group contracts typically pay a percentage of your salary. And if it's free to you, typically it's taxable, but there's, I won't get into taxes because I'm not a tax advisor, but a lot of people are surprised that the group plan is really not going to pay. So you're talking about the Dear John is coming from the work plan through employer benefits. And he was shocked. Right? You know, he, he couldn't believe that happened to him because he said, look, I'm not, wor- I'm not working. I'm not earning an income. I'm just back at my office to try to communicate with people to let them know that I'm still here. So, you know, look, you and I would think being advisors that his group contract would continue to pay him. But the minute he went back to work, the group contract said, so he was just showing up. That's that any occupation, any job, if they if they know that you're Correct. capable of doing anything, even if he's not showing a, a pay stub yet, they just, they just said, said no. Sorry. Okay, so the rehabilitation is interesting because I feel like a lot of people assume the rehab is to get them back to work. Like insurance companies will offer this, but they don't have to offer it. They, they it's case by case. But in this circumstance, he worked hard to rehab himself and they credit. So it wasn't like the private plan was just trying to get him off disability. They actually gave him coverage for a bit, a, p- a period of time. Long, it sounds like long, long in time. addition to, his and monthly. at least he didn't pay that out of wow. pocket. How, how was he going to pay that out of pocket yeah. when he wasn't even earning an income? Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Cause I didn't even think about that piece of it because typically it's, People are trying just to get off disability, like, you know, let's hurry up, let's get off claim. But that's a very extreme, and then there's a, a pretty neat, I mean, unfortunate, but a, a neat outcome that came from not only him just having, sound like the right mindset, but also the, the financial means that could have helped him 
really work hard to say, I got things covered. Now I can really focus my energy on getting better. Which is what he wanted to do. His parents immediately said, oh, John, you're going to have to move back in with us and we're going to have to take care of you. And he said, no, no, no. He said, you know, I'm in my 30s. He said, I'm not planning to move in with you. I'm going to use my disability policy. I'm going to rehab and I'm going to get better. And so, you know, it it was really almost a miracle of disability insurance. It's an incredible story. And I feel like there's also a few other little statements you say. I know that you talk about the goose. You talk about people insurance. Are there any other things that you want the audience to know when they're just starting to think about disability insurance? What other... Because I know that you've been in practice for over 30 years, right? So you've seen a lot of things, but you've also worked with a lot of people. Is there anything else that is almost like a takeaway before we wrap up today that you think people should know when they're really considering this? You know, I think I'll just tell you a quick story. Um, One of my clients became disabled. Um, He actually did physical labor. He was a camera. You know, he carried a camera around with him. And his his boss continued to pay him even when he couldn't come to work. And so I often ask people when we're having this conversation, do you think your boss would continue to pay you if you couldn't perform a service anymore? Uh, well, I know they ask that on the claims paperwork right. or the applications. Check the box. Do you have no? There's never, of I've never course, had a yes. <laughs> everyone says, of course, my boss wouldn't continue to pay me. So I feel like he just happened to be really lucky that he had that relationship with his employer. But you know, that's the reality is you can't count on anyone else taking care of you. So you have to say Mm -hmm. is, you know, what can I do to protect my family if something should happen to me, if I become too sick or if I become too hurt to continue working? Mm -hmm. That's another thing. We have spouses that work. Both spouses are working. So sometimes the higher earner insures their income, but they say, oh, no, we don't need the other person to be insured because they don't make as much money. But I think people forget that if you have this loved loved one that's going on claim and needs to be driven to and from appointments and just some of these things, you might need to bring in help, nanny care or people to help you with your home as you're trying to spend time with that person because they need that support in addition medical care that you can't go to work full time. And so a lot of times we have that, it's always good to have the dual income so that maybe we can build a bigger cash cushion. But I think people also forget the impact it could have if only one out of the two. So I'm really happy that you brought that up. We had some clients in um, Tulsa who, when the man became disabled, he um, had brain tumors. His wife had also quit working because, um, she became his full-time caregiver. So they went from earning two very nice salaries to earning nothing. And so I think that I, that's just a point that people don't think about. Oh, we're just going to ensure the bigger income, but they don't think about the impact on the other spouse that you're right. She had to take him to, he yeah. went to chemo once a week. She had to take him to all his appointments. She had to, you know, when he got yeah. sick at the end, I mean, there were a lot of things she had to do as a caregiver that didn't really allow her to continue working. So I think that that's something yeah. that, you know, people should consider. So, I mean, really, the first step you can you can take is really getting organized within the house. Really look at the whole picture. What kind of benefits do you have at work? Learn more. Do an annual review. Sit down with your spouse or just as an individual. Go through everything at least once a year to see what you have. And then learn. There's, you know, there's products out there that you can customize and build. And not everybody buys the same product for me. I don't give everyone the same thing. I I know you don't either. So 
Um, if anything, uh, just do some research and really kind of think about the whole picture and hopefully that'll help you take those proactive steps. And so, Anne, I, I appreciate you sharing about disability insurance. I know it's not always the, the best topic to bring up, but I know you and I enjoy it in the fact that we see how it can help people and it's so important. So, okay. have And for the audience, I'm going to link Anne's bio below in the description box in the show notes so you can find her if you do need to ask her any questions or reach out to any of us. We are happy to help. So thank you for being here and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of The Amber Stitch Show. For more information about the podcast, books, articles, and more, please visit me at amberstitt.com. Until next week, enjoy your journey at home and at work. Thank you for listening.